Well, as our, as you know, we're in, the, we've jumped into the middle of, uh, what on earth am I here for? And uh, if this is your first time to be with us today, I want to encourage you, or if you've not gotten a chance to get a copy of, uh, what on earth am I here for? It's the revised standard version, if you will, of the purpose driven life. Uh, uh, I just am encouraging everybody to read through this 40 day devotional. And it is the simplest, easiest thing you're ever going to do as far as a daily devotional. And, and number two, not only is it simple, but it will transform your life. Some people say, well, pastor, all I read is the Bible. Uh, you know, that sounds noble, uh, but there's a lot of God's people who have taken the Bible and, and, and helped us understand it a little better. And that's the case with the purpose-driven life and what on earth am I here for? There's over 3,000 references to, in Scripture to this book. It's a simple, easy way. We're beginning tomorrow, day eight. And so we began last uh, Monday officially. If you're not on the same schedule, that's not a problem whatsoever. But today, uh, I'm going to introduce to you next week, which really begins uh, the, the five purposes. And let me just go through them before we jump into this first purpose. What you're going to learn in this book in these 40 days is really our created purposes according to Scripture. Number one, we're planned for God's pleasure. We're going to look at that in just a moment. That talks about worship. It means that we're going to make Jesus the center of our life, and he's going to be the reason for our being. Number two, you're going to learn that you were formed for God's family. That's fellowship. Uh, we're meant to be together, and, and we're going to learn to not only center our life around God, but we're going to connect. We'll learn more and more about connecting with other believers, and that's next week. Uh, and then we're going to learn as we go through this that we're created to become like Christ. That's discipleship. That means we all have a responsibility to cultivate spiritual growth and maturity. You know, I listened to a podcast of a, a gentleman by the name of uh, uh, Gerald Brooks the other day, and I've heard him say this before, but it convicted me all over again. He was talking to leaders, and he said, you know, uh, uh, you've got to, if you're going to grow, and in fact, we've said it this way, growing people grow people. Everyone say growing people grow people. It's really true. And he said, he said, if you don't have a growth plan, you're not growing. And man, he convicted me because my growth plan uh, was not as thought through as maybe I should be. Uh, and so our church is encouraging you. The word of God is encouraging us. Uh, the purpose driven life is encouraging us to get a growth plan and grow spiritually. And then we learn and we're going to learn that we're shaped for serving God, that that's how God made us to be servants. And, and, and that, that allows us the opportunity to invest and make a contribution into the world. You know, this world is all about what, what I can get, you know, and, and what I can get, what I can gain. You know, God didn't create you to get it all, get all you can and can the rest. He created you with gifts and talents and abilities so you can invest and make a contribution in this life, uh, and, and leave a legacy. Uh, uh, for what Christ has done in your life. And then finally, we're going to learn that we're made with them for a mission, that we've got a purpose in life beyond just sit soaking and sour. And our mission, uh, all together corporately is to evangelize and reach this world for Jesus Christ. Uh, and so we've got to learn to communicate God's love with others. And those are the five purposes. We're planned for God's pleasure. That's worship. We're formed for God's family. That's fellowship. We're created to become like Christ. That's discipleship. You were shaped for serving God. That's service and ministry. 
And you are made for a mission. That's evangelism. That's where we're going in these 40 days. And, and I encourage you to go along with me. Look at your neighbor and say, come on, let's make this journey together. We're, let's make this journey together. Amen. I believe you can. I know it'll bless you. This morning, we're going to talk about that first purpose. You were planned for God's pleasure. Everyone say, I was planned for God's pleasure. Now, to hone in on this, and really, you know what that is? That's worship. You know, we just had worship here. Just a few, But how many of you know worship is much more than what we just did? And we'll talk about that. But to help us hone in on what it means to worship God and what it means to understand that we were planned for God's pleasure, turn to two passages, Revelation 4 and Hebrews 13. Revelation 4 and Hebrews 13. Everyone say Revelation 4 and Hebrews 13. We're going to look at these two passages. This is going to be easy today, but I'm going to read the first 11 verses. I want you to catch, if you want to know what it means to be a worshiper, uh, look to, to heaven because how many of you know worship's going on 24-7 in heaven? How many of you know in heaven they don't just have the worship service and then all everybody goes back to their mansion? Uh, you know, you got to think about that. So here's a glimpse into heaven, and I'm going to really hone in on the, the 11th verse. Really, I'm going to read the whole chapter because I want you to see this. Man, there's some, there's some wild and crazy things going on in eternity, and here it is. After these things, I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking to me, saying, Come up here, and I will show you things which must take place after this. Immediately I was in the spirit and behold a throne set in heaven and one sat on the throne and he who sat there was like a jasper, was like jasper and a sardis stone in appearance and there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald around the throne were 24 thrones and on the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting clothed in white robes and they had crowns of gold on their heads. And from the throne proceeded lightning, thunderings, and voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Before the throne there, uh, there was a sea of glass like crystal. And in the midst of the throne, around the throne, were four living creatures full of eyes in front and in back. I told you. And then the fir first living creature was like a lion. The second living creature was like a calf. The third living creature was like the face of a man. And the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. And the four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within. And they did not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who's lit, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and, and cast their crowns before the throne saying, catch this, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, catch this, you created all things, and by your will, they exist and were created. I love what New Living Translation says. It says, you, were, you created everything, and it is for your pleasure that they exist and were created. God created you for his pleasure. He created you to worship him. That's why you're here today. And that's why God 
created you, not just to take up space, not just to get all you can and can the rest, but he created you for his glory and for his pleasure. I love what Ephesians 1, 4, and 5 says. There's a lot in that verse, but it caps off saying this, that it was all according to the good pleasure of his will. You see, God is a God who takes great pleasure in his people. And that's why you're here. Look at your neighbor and say, you were created to bring God pleasure. As a result, now here's one thing you need to think about. We're natural born worshipers. Everyone say, I'm a natural born worshiper. You are naturally born in a couple of ways. Everyone look at you. You were, your sin problem separated you from God. Uh, and so your natural born sinners, all the natural born sinners say, that's me. But see, you were created in the image of God, uh, and, and, and what you'll learn is we were born to bring God pleasure, and as we get born again and we come back to the place of our intended purpose, our intended purpose was to bring glory and honor to God, and we're natural born worshipers. In fact, even in your sin state, before you give your life to Christ, you will discover and probably have discovered that you will naturally uh, 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 give honor to certain elements in your life. You just worship. Most people, before they're born again, they worship themselves. They think it's all about them. Or they worship money, or they worship uh, sports, or they worship other people. Uh, and what does the one of the Ten Commandments say? You shall have no other gods before me. We're natural born worshipers. And when we get back to our intended purpose and we get, we get to experience the redemption of God in our life, God wants to redeem that within us and bring us back to the place where oh, in this life, we bring God great pleasure. Because when you get to heaven, you're going to bring him pleasure. You're going to be in his presence. And the Bible says in his presence is fullness of joy. I'm telling you in heaven, everybody's happy. Everybody, there's no more sorrow. There's no more tears. Uh, uh oh, I'm supposed to be sitting down talking. Now I've gone to preaching right here. I better buckle up right here. I just want to talk to you. But in heaven, everybody's happy and God is happy. But in this life, you were created to bring Him great pleasure. That's called worship. Making God happy. That's called worship. You look at Scripture. In fact, there are some of Jesus' words, you know, that, that, uh, when we end this life, you know, he, he, he tells us, you've been faithful over this, you've been faithful over that, uh, you know, and, and you can tell by the tenor that he's pleased and he's, he says, come on in and experience the goodness of God. And so when we come to the close of our life, and how many of you know, uh, that our life on planet earth is terminal. He said, pastor, don't be morbid. I'm not being morbid. I'm just being real with you. Life on planet earth. In fact, did you know all life on planet earth is terminal? This just doesn't keep going. I've read the end of the book. Did you know this world will melt with a fervent heat? And when we come to the close of our life, whether in that day or in the days before us, when we come to the close of our life, we want to hear God and his pleasure say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'm going to make you ruler over much. We want to know that we made God happy on planet earth. How many of you want to make God happy? 
And so it doesn't just begin in heaven. Even though we read about heaven, making God happy, is, it, it doesn't just happen in heaven. It should happen right here on planet earth. He said this, you, were cre- you created everything. That means us. And it is for your pleasure that they exist and were created. That's why we're here. Look at, look at your neighbor and say, that's why we're here today. Now, turn to Hebrews 13. Take a left. And if you got into Philippians like I did, uh, and Timothy, you went too far. You don't have to go very far. Hebrews 13, uh, the last few verses, really, I'm going to look at verse uh, 15 and 16 this, this morning. Uh, and we're going to look at this verse, and we're going to see some simple things about Hebrews 13, 15, and 16. Let's look at it. I'm going to read it for you. For here we have uh, verse... Oh, Verse 14, we'll start there. For here we have no continuing city, but we seek the one to come. He's talking about eternity right there. That was a good that I read that. Therefore, by him, let us continually offer up the sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of our lips, giving praise or thanks to his name. But do not forget to do good and share. For with such sacrifices... God is well pleased. I'm going to read this again, and then I'm going to just simply kind of take it apart for you uh, just a little bit. For here we have no continuing city. Now, let me stop. I wish I would have. Hey, listen, this world will not continue forever. Here on this life, there's no continuing city. There's no future on planet earth for any period of time. You got that. Everybody say, I got that, preacher. So we got to live our life like we know and believe and understand that we're going to live for all eternity. For here we have no continuing city, but we seek the one to come. Therefore, by him, that is Jesus, let us continually offer up the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving praise to his name or thanks to his name. Do not, But do not forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Let me show you a couple of things here this morning from this passage. Number one, let me say it to you this way. Worship, that is making God happy, is much, much more than a song service. It's much, much more than a song service. In fact, it's a lifestyle. Everyone say it's a lifestyle. Worship is much, much more than a song service. It is a lifestyle. Now, and we use this terminology and we look at Sunday morning as like, you know, it's break, it's broken up into segments. Okay. Let me just give you the traditional. Okay. Uh, uh, Sunday morning begins. We're going to sing a couple of praise songs and then we're going to move into some real worship songs. And once we get done with the praise songs and the worship songs, then we might welcome the visitors, take up the offering, and then the preacher preaches, and then we give an altar, uh, and then we go home. And we break that service up into those parts, and we have, and we call it, here's the praise se- section, and here's the worship section. Could I tell you that is, that is far from the truth? Because when you look to the Word of God, worship is much more than a song service. It is, everyone say it's a lifestyle. Now, look in verse 15 of Hebrews 13. It says, therefore, uh, or Hebrews 13, it says, therefore by Him let us continually offer up. Everyone say continually. 
How many of you know that reference is a lifestyle? That our life, that our life, listen, your life should not be broken up into segments, just like the worship service should not be broken up into segments. Could I tell you, even uh, when you think about church service, that when you give your offering, it's worship. How many of you know when you honor the Lord by listening to his word, that pleases God? See, when you, when you put worship into the definition of pleasing and making God happy, it's so much bigger than singing a song. It's so much bigger than clapping your hands. It's so much bigger than raising your hands. It's so much more than just kneeling before the Lord. It is a lifestyle of bringing pleasure and honor to the glory of his name. Could I give, could, could somebody say amen this morning? And so even now we should begin to ask ourselves, have we broken up our life and seg- you know segmented our world to where you know uh, in the morning I got to go to work? Like you know, this is the torture of of life to go to work. How many of you know the Scripture says we do all things for the glory of His name, or we do things for His glory and honor? Uh, whatever we do, we do it as unto the Lord with all our heart. Another way. Everybody get, everybody get the light bulb switch on. Did you know I've learned that they've basically, at least, I tried to put those little light bulb where you just pull a string. They don't want you even putting that in houses these days. I love the little string. How many of you love the little string? I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm appreciative of the little string. Sometimes I can't, I just, I know where it is. Everybody get, grab the string. Let's turn on the light. Think about this for a moment. My work could be considered worship. What I do for a living could bring glory to God. Absolutely. This is where you and I, and when, when, the, when the light bulb comes on in our life about our purpose on planet earth and we can embrace and put our arms, everybody put your arms around this truth for a minute. When you put your arms around this truth and say, I have been created, I have been planned for God's pleasure and my life and its totality, uh, whether it's work or worse. And you know what? Just a, I, I think it's possible to glorify God while you watch the Dallas Cowboys win the game today. I'm going to pray for Jerry that he'd make the right choices. I'm, I'm, I'm being a little facetious, but hey, our entire life, it's a lifestyle. That's why the writer of Hebrews says, therefore by him, let us continually offer up the sacrifice of praise to God. It's a lifestyle. I love what Psalm 113 says. In fact, uh, you want to follow me? Turn over there. Come on, come on, let's go. Everybody say, come on, let's go. Psalm 113. Psalm 113. Here we go. I'm going to get there. Psalm 113, the first uh, three verses. Praise the Lord. Everyone say, praise the Lord. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. From this time forth and forever. In other words, his praise should always be resounding. Now catch verse three, from the rising of the sun to the go, to its going down, the Lord's name is to be praised. 
I'm going to read it again, and I'll give you an opportunity to do what I think Patsy did. I don't know who clapped. Patsy, were you the clapper? All right. Y'all follow Patsy. Here we go. And she was right on time right there. I think, you know, everything needs to be right on time. And here we go. I'm going to read it again. I'm going to give you a chance to engage the Lord here for a, for a moment. Praise the Lord. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to its going down, the Lord's name is to be praised. Woo! Hallelujah. I'm telling you, worship and praise is a lifestyle. And we need to understand that. And embrace the reality of that in our life and realize that that's why we were created on planet earth. Now, turn to, you're, you're back in, you're in Hebrews 13, 15. I want you to show you some, some more thoughts. I'm going to just break it up into two, two. I'm going to, I don't think I've oversimplified this. I think basically worship can break down into two ways we worship God. There's really, I see it when you just look, look at it, uh, from kind of the broad, basically two ways we bring glory and honor to God. I thought, Oh, pastor, don't be too simplistic. You can clap. You can, I'm not talking about those things. I'm talking about basically from this passage, if you're in Hebrews, two ways we really make God happy. And here they are. Number one, we worship him. We bring him pleasure. We make him happy with our words. Everyone say with our words with what comes out of our mouth. That's what Hebrews 13, uh, 15 says. We offer up, uh, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our what? Lips. The fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. You see, uh, remember what James, is it James 2, talks about our lips and our word and the tongue. It says that out of our mouth proceeds blessings and cursings, and this should not be, uh, you know, how can a, sh you know, and he gives illustration, you know, you, 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 two different products should not be coming out of your mouth. You shouldn't be uh, cursing and blessing God at the same time. But sadly, that's the case uh, it is. It says no man can tame the tongue. And that's true. No man can tame the tongue, but God can. Everyone say God can. He can change your life and change the way you talk. And we bring him glory or we bring him dishonor with the way we speak and with our words. Now, I'm going to build something here, but you keep that in mind, okay? We bring him glory and pleasure. We can, it says, the fruit of our lips giving thanks and praise to his name. How many of you don't like being around people who are always speaking negative, unhealthy, unholy, ungodly words? You don't like to hear it? I didn't like to hear it this past, I didn't like to hear that. I don't like to hear it. But I tell you what I do like to hear is good, healthy, wholesome, encouraging words. Now, we understand from the understanding of worship that, it, that our lives are a lifestyle of worship and that our words should be a lifestyle of honoring God with what comes out of our mouth. So we honor him with our words. Everyone say, we worship with our words. 
But here's the next thing, and I believe everything else can be encapsulated in these two thoughts. We worship him with our words, but we also worship him with our ways. In fact, the Bible says when a man's ways please the Lord, make him happy. In other words, the way you live your life brings, can bring honor and glory to God and be a worship. When a man's ways please the Lord, here's a byproduct. He makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. So we, we make God happy with what we say and we make God happy with how we live with our words and with our ways. Now look in verse 16 of Hebrews. Here's where we see this because it, the verse 15, he said, we work, we make God happy. We worship him with our words, with how we, how we talk, the, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks and praise to his name. And then, and then he says this. And, and number two, in other words, he said, it's not just with your words. And I love this, how he links these two by bringing pleasure to God. Do not forget to do good and to share. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Just a commentary there. Our words and our ways are both a sacrificial lifestyle. And he says, and don't forget to do good and share. He's talking about the way we live our life. Living like Jesus would live. In fact, that word good, if you remember from some of our earlier teachings, it, it means honorable and virtuous and valuable. Do not forget to do good, valuable and virtuous things and share with other people for with such sacrifices, God is what? Everybody say, well pleased. He's not just in heaven going, ah, okay, I got you. You're, you know, you made it. No, it well, it's well pleasing to God. So, Catch this thought. If you were created uh, to live a lifestyle of bringing worship and glory and honor to God, the two ways you do this is with your words and with your ways. Now, there's a secret to be able to living life where our words and our ways be, uh, uh, bring glory and honor to God. You can't just wake up one day and say, you know what? I'm going to start talking good words and I'm going to start living right. How many of you uh, on your best day, you can't live right? You know, you know, you, you just think about it. We're natural born what? And so here's, the, you, you want to know a little secret here? Hey, when, when we worship him with our words and with our ways, and, and, and let me, and let me just throw, uh, this thought to you. Our words and our ways are determined by what lies within. Our words and our ways. Everyone say our words and our ways are both determined and developed by what lies within our heart. How many of you know that to be a truth? If you've got an evil heart, guess what's going to happen? You're going to have evil ways. If you have an evil heart, you're going to have evil words. But if you've got a heart that has been transformed, that have been changed, In fact, what does the Bible say in 2 Corinthians 5, 17? If anyone be in Christ, he is a new creation. In other words, I've been transformed. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. So catch this today. We've already given an altar call today, but I want to just tell you today, you'll never be able to please God. You'll never be able with your words and your ways to bring honor and glory to God until you allow him to begin to, <coughs> pardon me, transform your heart. It's an inside job. 
Everyone say it's an inside job. In fact, look, look what he says in Hebrews 13, 15, when he says this, this is the, this is the insight I want you to catch here. Therefore, by him, let us continually offer up the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips. Everyone say the fruit of our lips. How many of you know fruit just doesn't magically appear? It has to do what it has to grow. It has to be developed. It doesn't just pop up overnight. In fact, catch this with me for a moment. You remember Jesus teaching about the soils? Uh, there's the good soil, the bad soil, the rocky soil, the soil that uh, has, it's a parable, uh, the soil that has the tares in it or the weeds in it. And, and he's talking about, and, and he basically saying, your heart is like soil. And if it's full of weeds, it's hard for the Word of God to grow and the seed is the Word of God. you remember that parable? If you remember that parable, I'm with, say, I'm with you, Pastor. I'm with you. It's the parable of the soil and the seed, the seed being the Word of God and the soil being the heart of man. And what Jesus is teaching is that our hearts have to be fertile soil for God's Word and will and ways to grow in our life. And if the soil of our heart is rocky and hard and unreceptive to the Word of God, the seed can't grow in our heart, the fruit can't grow in our life. And if we don't get a, a place in our heart, if we don't turn our hearts and lives and, and, and uh, over to the Lord Jesus Christ and allow him to begin to uh, 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 create within us a clean heart, as David said, and allow him to work on the inside of us, there'll never be fruit growing in our life that is worthy of honor and glory to God. So if you want to live the life and, and, and be the one who pleases God with your words and with your ways, it's an inside job. We've got to let him into our heart and, and let his word and his will begin to uh, 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 work on the inside of us. In fact, uh, the scripture says, break up the fallow ground of your heart. So that's the secret of worship. The secret of worship is found in our hearts and living a lifestyle of worship that allows God into our hearts. And listen, here it is. It, it's, it's allowing him to, to come. It's a surrendering of our ways to his ways. It's a surrendering of our heart to his heart. It's a sacrifice I'm giving, I'm sacrificing who I am. I'm sacrificing my old life to embrace your life. In fact, let me show you this truth. Look, look what Jesus said in Luke 6. Go with me. Go back to the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Luke 6. Look what he says in verse, oh, let's begin in verse 43. And my little subline, which is not in the Greek, it says, a tree is known by its fruit. But let's read these three verses. For a good tree does not bear bad fruit. Duh. Everybody go, duh. A good tree doesn't bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. How many of you know that's what I just said? For every tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush. A good tree out of the good treasure of its heart, uh, of its heart, of his heart, oh, pardon me, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth what? 
An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You see, it begins on the inside. And if we're ever going to live a life that brings glory and honor to God on a consistent basis, a lifestyle, where our words and our ways reflect his person and his character, it's an inside job. And how many of you know the Bible says God sees the heart? You can't hide your heart from God. And so it's a, it's a place in our life where we just say, I'm surrendering my heart. I'm offering myself as a... In fact, what does, what does uh, Paul say to the Romans? He said... Don't be conformed. In fact, let me just go there. You don't, you don't need to go there. Romans 12. He says, I, pres- I, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. In fact, one translation says your reasonable service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. And so uh, it's a, it's an inside job where we offer ourselves as a living sacrifice unto God and we surrender our hearts to his will and his ways. And that's a lifestyle too, a lifestyle of learning. And that's what, you know what, that's what we'll learn when it comes to discipleship and the service. We're, we're turning our hearts over to the governance of God. It's not about us. Everyone say, it's not about us. Now, I want to read some, I'm going to read a couple of things to you. I don't know what time it is. My phone's down there. I think I got plenty of time. Everybody think I got plenty of time. Say amen. All right, here we go. Uh, I want to read to you the beginning of day eight out of the purpose-driven life. He just says it so well, I thought I'd just read this. It's just the first, it's just the first page. He says, you were planned for God's pleasure. The moment you were born into the world, God was there as an unseen witness, smiling at your birth. You get that? There's more than parents and grandparents smiling. God's looking down, smiling. He wanted you alive and your arrival gave him great pleasure. God did not need to create you, but he chose to create you for his own enjoyment. You exist for his benefit, his glory, his purpose, and his delight. Bringing enjoyment to God, living for his pleasure, is the first purpose of your life. When you fully understand this truth, you will never again have a problem with feeling insignificant. I love it. It proves your worth. If you are that important to God and he considers you valuable enough to keep you with him for eternity, what greater significance could you have? You are a child of God and you bring pleasure to God like nothing else he has ever created. The Bible says, because of his love, God has already decided that through Jesus Christ, he would make us his children. This was his pleasure and purpose. Everybody said amen. You know, a couple of years ago or a few years ago, uh, a song came out. It's been quite a while back by Michael W. Smith. Michael W. Smith is probably, uh, 
I would consider the most well-known Christian music artist of our day uh, in recent years uh, and a worship leader, writes great songs. But he wrote a song called The Heart of Worship. Everyone say The Heart of Worship. And you could Google it and read the story, but it's, it's kind of the story of a worship leader's understanding of what the real heart of worship is all about. It's not about a song service. It's not about great sound systems. And let me just read. I wish I could sing it. In fact, if we get to the chorus and the anointment gets on me, we could try singing it a cappella. So if you know the chorus... Maybe. Uh-oh. Oh, my girl's going to come help me? <laughs> I saw them laughing, so I thought, maybe they're wanting to get up here and help me. When the music fades and all is stripped away, and I simply come longing just to bring something that's of worth that will bless your heart. I'll bring you more than a song, for a song in itself is not what you have required. You search much deeper within through the way things appear. Uh, Let me say that in a way you can... You search much deeper within through the way things appear. You're looking into my heart. Now that's Bible thought right there. You're looking into my heart. And then he says, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And it's all about you. Everyone say, it's all about him. Now, pause. Everybody put the pause. What are you, what are the, what's the first line of, of what on earth am I here for, the purpose-driven life? It's not about you. Look at your neighbor and say, it's not about you. I'll never forget when we first started going through this years ago in our sanctuary. I had someone who couldn't get it. And with with anger and malice in this person's heart towards me. They said, preacher, sometimes it is about me. I said, I guess it is. They didn't understand. (laughs) He said, you're looking into my heart. He says, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. Now catch this. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. It's all about you. See, we've made worship something that's about us. I've actually heard this. I didn't get anything out of worship today. That worship leader was off. I didn't like that song they sang. That's just what that didn't. You know what you were really saying? You know what we were really saying? It's all about me. In fact, I wish I'd have thought about this, but there's a little, I think it's a parody on worship songs, like a commercial, and it's called It's All About Me or something like that. And, you know, it's, and I exalt me. Yeah, you can buy. It's all about you for fifteen ninety five. He says, 
I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. When it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. Then another verse, King of endless worth. No one could express how much you deserve. Though I'm weak and poor, all I have is yours. Every single breath, I'll bring you more than a song. For a song in itself is not what you've required. You search much deeper within through the way things appear. You're looking into my heart. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made it. It's all about you. You were created to live a life that brings honor and glory to God. With all of your ways, with all of your words, asking God to work within us and look into our heart like the psalmist said and like Michael W. Smith said and create within us a clean heart, a heart that wants to please and honor God. Let's stand up together. Father, we thank You for the Word of the Lord. We thank You for the capacity that You have provided us to yield and surrender our hearts to You. Offer ourselves up as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto You, which is our reasonable service of worship to You today. And Lord, let us this week and for the rest of our days and in all of our ways embrace the truth that we were created for your pleasure. To live a life that would bring honor and glory to God. At work, at home, and in everywhere we are. We want to worship and honor you. And offer up, let us continually offer up the sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of our lips. Let it grow more profound within us. Giving thanks and praise to your name. In the next moment or two, I want you with your own words and in your heart and even out loud if you'd like, just say, Lord, let my life and all of my words and all of my ways bring glory and honor to God. Lord, create within us a clean heart. Renew a steadfast and a right spirit within us. We surrender our heart and our lives to you. And Lord, let us be out of the good treasure of our heart, bring glory and honor to you. In Jesus' name. We love you, Jesus. We worship you today. We give you glory. We honor you with our way. Help us come back to the heart of worship, Lord. 
Lord, forgive us for turning, Lord, into something that it's not, Lord. We worship you, Lord Jesus. Come on, join me here. We worship you, Lord Jesus. We lift up our voices to you, O God. We lift up our voices to you, O God. Let our words and our ways bring glory to you, God. Let our words and our ways bring glory to you, God. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Everybody said amen. Ooh, I think you got it this morning.